<laughs> it looks like it's recording. I see little bars like flapping in the breeze. Welcome to Book Talk Etc., a podcast bound to grow your TBR. I'm Tina from TBR Etc. And I'm Renee from It's Book Talk. This is a conversational podcast about books and more from two Midwest mood readers who are easily distracted by new releases. And today, we've decided to really lean into our love for new releases. We'll share something that we've been loving lately, review our latest read, and have book talk about how and why we're easily distracted by new releases. We'll wrap things up with our shelf edition. If you enjoy listening, we'd love for you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you have a quick minute, please consider leaving us a review or sharing us on social media. It truly helps us connect with other book lovers. And today we wanted to give a quick plug at the top of our show for our Patreon page. If you're interested in bonus content from us, head to patreon.com slash etc. For $5 a month, you'll get access to our master spreadsheet, our member-only Facebook page, and bonus episodes, such as books we disagree on and books we did not finish. Now is a great time to join, because in the month of November, we are hosting our very first Book Talkers Mood Reader Happy Hour. Since we are mood readers that don't like to be pressured into reading a specific title for book club, we thought it would be fun to have everyone bring their own latest read and feel free to bring a snack or a cocktail with you. And a big heartfelt thank you to those that have already joined us on Patreon. You guys truly do make this podcast possible. Hi, Renee. Hey, how are you? And I second everything you just said. Oh, also, we did have a, a an idea about if everyone has a favorite cocktail that they wanted to bring or a drink or a specialty coffee, even though it's going to be in the evening. We will try to put together a little list or whatever of books and cocktails and stuff mentioned Love just it. for fun. Yeah. Who doesn't want more cocktail ideas? Right. And who doesn't love to make lists? I, for one, (laughs) (laughs) love a list, love a list, and I love getting them and making them. So it'll be fun. Sounds good. So how are you doing today? I am doing great. It's been busy. I tried to get Vinny out for a quick walk and that was it. I mean, I've kind of just been... Trying to figure out my next read, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I'm kind oh. of, uh, I just finished one this morning. I did something that I haven't done. I said, okay, I need 30 minutes, family. I got to walk on this treadmill and read at the same time because I, I had 30 oh, minutes yeah. left in the book. It was so wonderful. I did not even notice I was walking so, because I was so into my book. And it was, oh, it was so good. It ended so well. And it's going to be the third book I talk about today. But that was just a perfect combination. And I can't wait to continue to do that. I don't know why I've never like thought to, sure. I've like walked on the treadmill, but like specifically saying, all right, here's my timer. All I'm doing is reading. Go. That's great. Oh yeah. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Two, two birds with one stone. Oh, I know. And I feel so productive. Right. And it may, it makes the time fly. Mm. Oh, it sure did. For um, sure. I, I do like to walk occasionally in silence only because, you know, if, it, if I'm in nature, mm-hmm. but I can't, I can't do a whole walk like that anymore. Right. Because I'm, I'm like, oh, I, I, 
I need to, you know, I want to listen to my book or I want to listen to a podcast. And and it does make the time fly. It does. I'm kind of worried, though, that I I truly, I agree. Anytime I'm doing something with no sound in the background, I'm mm-hmm. like, wait, I need something on. I'm like, maybe, maybe we should work on being okay with silence a little bit. <laughs> You're right. Maybe. It is hard. I am excited to get into this episode because it, I've learned several things in prepping and in thinking about books for this. And I can't wait to talk to you about it. All right. Well, tell me first, what's your loving lately? This week, I am bringing something I thought for sure maybe we had brought and we haven't that I could find. I double checked, I think, but I'm bringing a recipe. Oh, how fun. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm going to just kind of share quick the ingredients, but of course I'm going to link to this recipe, but it's easy. They are no bake energy balls. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of something like that? No, I feel like you've told me like offline about them before. So I want to know what you put in. Oh yeah. I I make them for one of my sons. So they're quick. They're easy. I love these because they're a a good snack. I mean, Mm -hmm. in a pinch, they'd probably be a good breakfast, but they have a combo of carbs, protein, and fat. So they're a good between meal snack for Mm -hmm. energy. And I use almond butter. So here's a here's the quick ingredients. They're very easy. Almond butter, quick cook oats, vanilla extract, shredded coconut, honey, ground flaxseed, and mini chocolate chips. That's it. Mm-hmm. So easy. I found the recipe on cookingclassy.com. I will link to that. Uh, it takes a few minutes to whip this up, 30 minutes to chill in the fridge, and then I just use an ice cream scoop to make little balls and they stay for a couple of weeks if we don't eat them all. Right. Right. <laughs> Have you tested that couple week theory yet? <laughs> yes. It's usually at most. I mean, usually we eat them before that. Yeah. That's what I thought. I think, which my point is, I think you could freeze them. We've mm-hmm. just never really gotten to that point of, of needing to do that. So those are no bake energy balls. I am so glad you brought this. I like to cook. I like to bulk cook on the weekends, like make something that I can use for later on in the week. And this sounds perfect. It's got good ingredients, but it's still, it's relatively healthy, but it still tastes good. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you can, I mean, I do use, well, like I said, almond butter, you could swap that for peanut butter. But as far as the oats, I get organic just because I like the Bob's Red Mill brand. Mm -hmm. I like that brand too. Yeah. So, I mean, you can, you can add or subtract or change it up. But honey is a definite because that makes it the consistency work. Mm -hmm. Makes it stick together. Right, right. So yeah, what about you? What's your loving lately? All right. My loving lately is skincare. And this is a, I'm just going to recommend the skincare company that I recently fell in love with. The company is called Youth to the People and they have their own website, but they are also sold at Sephora. My husband actually found this and he ordered one of their like little mini kits to test out. But I started looking into it and I really like their core principles that their skincare is created for all genders, all skin types, all skin tones, and that it's backed by three generations of skincare experts. This is on the more luxury side of things, but I looked at the ingredients and they seem pretty simple and really quality. It's pro-grade vegan too. So if that's important to you, it's worth noting. Mm -hmm. What we bought is the Youth System. It is a six-piece mini kit, and you get to try their kale and green tea facial cleanser, their superfood air whip moisturizer, two serums, a resurfacing scrub, and their eye cream. 
And I've been using it for about two weeks now. And I swear, I feel like I notice a difference. And I love everything that's in this kit. But if I were to repurchase full sizes, I think I'd go for their kale and green tea facial cleanser, their superfood moisturizer, and their dream eye cream. Their packaging is so luxurious. The, the bottle for the face wash is glass. It's just oh, so wow. nice. Okay. I feel like a real fancy lady when I use it. <laughs> <laughs> and I also thought it was interesting. They do free skin sessions, which is a 15-minute consultation with some of their skincare experts. So they will meet with you and help you build your personalized routine and get questions answered. So far, I'm really enjoying it. I definitely want to try more from them. This is the skincare company, Youth to the People. Okay. Uh, I love the names. Oh, How about those names? Somebody in marketing did a really good job. Well, me and John were joking that like, all right, it's probably 50% marketing, 50% quality ingredients and good product, but their marketing is solid and their website's so good too. Yeah. I really like those names. Okay. I'm, I'm interested in that cleanser. Oh yeah. I really like it. It's gentle, but it doesn't strip my face, which I Mm -hmm. think that's what I like. It kind of foams up, um, but it's not crazy foaming. Oh, and it smells a little bit like a garden, like a little, it's got that, like, I don't know, kind of, uh, not floral at all, but it just smells like good ingredients. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mm-hmm. smell like, it kind of smells like food almost, which is odd to say, but it makes me feel like it's really doing something. Okay. I'm glad you brought that. I have seen that at Sephora, but I'm such a brand, like, I think I can't go outside of my own, mm-hmm. what I what I know that I like. And so I don't know that Sephora is huge on giving a bunch of samples anymore. I really didn't ask. Mm-hmm. I think they used to be, but I don't know they now did, with used COVID. To be, but, I'm right. not sure. But yeah. yeah. See, but see, I, okay, good. Give it a shot. I'm going to try it. All right. Oh, do you want to share your latest read? Okay, I do. I do. This, I know you're so excited about your books. I'm, I'm so I'm excited for most of them. But this book, my latest read was the book that I promised Renee a few episodes that I would read because it's been on my fall Ooh. TBR list forever. This book is out by Netsuo Carino, and it is a disturbing psychological thriller set in contemporary Japan. This book is right up there with some of the darkest books I've ever read, but I was in it from start to finish. You have four women who work the night shift making box lunches in a Tokyo suburb. There's Masako. She is shrewd and clear-eyed, and she winds up being the leader of the group. Yoshi, who is known as the Skipper, who's a widower who is a caretaker to her kids and mother-in-law by day in addition to working overnight. Yayoi, the sweet and naive mother and wife who's constantly taken advantage of and Kuniko, a woman with a shopping addiction who is up to her eyeballs in debt. They are different ages. They kind of come from different walks of life. Because they all work at this factory, they get to form this friendship of sorts. The work is grueling, and they found themselves to pass the time kind of helping each other out and sharing a little bit about their personal lives and their struggles with each other. One day, Yayoi gets pushed too far and ends up killing her abusive husband. This is not a spoiler. It's the whole plot of the book. She is desperate. So she doesn't know what to do and recruits some of the other women to help her dispose of the body and cover up the crime. And it looks as though they might get away with it until some evidence surfaces. And as you can imagine, these women are not good friends. They are not ride or die for each other. (laughs) And it really tests their relationships. It gets them more complicated, I think, and more involved than they ever expected. And they get further and further sucked into lies and deceit. 
Again, fair warning, this book is super graphic, especially in the scenes where they're trying to get rid of the body. I'm glad the author went there. I was gobsmacked, like, okay, all right, we are going (laughs) here. That's fine. It's so well written. I absolutely love the writing. And the author takes her time setting the stage so you get to know each of the four women very well. You also get to know the husband and his reputation in town, as well as some of the unsavory characters he finds himself mixed up with. The plot is so clever and complex, and I was so impressed with how it came together. Once I started figuring things out, I was like, oh, she kind of had been dropping the breadcrumbs all along, but it comes together in a really lovely way. Masako emerges as the leader of this book, and I absolutely adore this character. She is blunt. She takes no crap. And I love that the author took the time to really peel back the layers to reveal what things went on in her life that got her into this job that she clearly hates. And the author does this with all of the characters. Some of the folks, both main characters or non-main characters, have done absolutely despicable things. But she writes them in a way that humanizes them and makes you kind of almost root for all of them. It's gritty, it's complex, and it's a look at crime in Tokyo. And the author really gets into the psychology as far as what people are capable of. There's also a little game of cat and mouse layered in, and I found myself rooting for the women to get away with it. I can't recommend it enough to mystery and thriller fans. This gets my highest recommendation, and it's out by Natsuo Carino. Uh, Okay. I love you, hate you. (laughs) Why? Because I... Because... It's our goal not to bring the same books, but then you bring a book that I know I have to read and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be able to bring it to the podcast. You just did this with Confessions Uh and now you're doing it again. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've done it before, but this one I'm I'm, I'm in my head contemplating. All right. When am I going to squeeze this in? Uh Uh-huh. That's a sign that makes me so happy. (laughs) And I will say I did listen to this one. It's an audible original, which I hate when they do that, but it was worth listening to. So for what that's worth, I also own a copy of it and obviously would recommend it either way. If you liked Confessions, you will like this book. Sometimes Mm -hmm. when I bring books, I'm like, I don't know if Renee will like this or not. I do think you'll like this one a lot. Oh, okay. If you read it, let me know. I hope you guys pick it up because it was so special. Okay. That's a great one. All right. All right. All right, let's transition. Tell me let's, about your latest. Let's transition read. <laughs> into something definitely not dark. My latest read is "The Wish" by Nicholas Sparks. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just got this at the bookstore a couple weeks ago. It was calling to me from the shelf. The cover is really good mm-hmm. as far as sail uh, sailboat. I don't know what it is. I was drawn to the cover. I picked it up. I haven't read Nicholas Sparks in years. And I thought, oh, you know, I know that he can have, he can write emotional books. And I was in the mood for something potentially emotional. Well, let me tell you what it was about. So the book starts off in 2019 and you have Maggie, who is a renowned travel photographer. She splits her time between running a successful gallery in New York and photographing remote locations around the world. But this year, she is unexpectedly grounded over Christmas, struggling to come to terms with a sobering medical diagnosis. Increasingly dependent on a young assistant she hires, she finds herself becoming close to him. 
As they count down the days of the season together, she begins to tell him the story of another Christmas decades earlier and the love that set her on a course she never could have imagined. So the story does flip back in time to 1996. Mm -hmm. And when she was 16, she was sent to live with an aunt on a small island off of North Carolina's Outer Banks, Okacroke. And she goes there for a reason. She meets a boy and things happen. And the story continues to alternate between that timeline and the present. Okay. For me, <laughs> I found this very, very predictable. I attempted to alternate between print and audio. I did not in any way like the audio. I would not recommend the audio. And this is weird because it's dual narrators. Mm -hmm. It's a male and a female. And you would think that that would work, Mm -hmm. but it, it almost felt like, and I wonder if this was the case, the male narrator is the assistant she's telling the story to. It felt like they were not at all together when they were recording. And so it felt like she would say something and then it, it felt like he was, his response was edited in. It's fair. It was It was a weird listening experience. Hmm. Plus, I did not connect with either character. I can see the appeal of Nicholas Sparks. And I remember there's been books I've liked of his in the past, but this one felt underdeveloped. Mm -hmm. I was way more into the present day story and not very much into the past at all. And he does tend to write characters, like the assistant, for example, was 22. The boy in 1996 that she meets on the island was 17. You would have thought the way they spoke, they were in their 40s. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, that's a pet peeve. Mm -hmm. I just don't find, I didn't find that to be realistic. I mean, I know that they're mature people out, you know, um, boys and men out there. It just didn't feel right. So I did enjoy the present day storyline, not so much the past. If you do have anyone in your family, or if you've lost anyone to cancer, or you yourself have struggled and been diagnosed, have went through treatment and all that, this might be a tough book. Mm -hmm. It really, it really might be. Um, that's a very main storyline. So I don't know. I, I would say I can see the appeal, but I felt like it was a little bit phoned in. It, like he took a structure that he obviously is very successful with mm-hmm. and he just put in some characters and wrote some story and I just didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. And that that's just my opinion. According to Goodreads, I'm in the very, very, very minority for that opinion (laughs) Um, is like a 4.58 rating of already. It just came out like at the time of this recording, it just came out recently. Lots of people are loving it. So that's just my opinion. It was The Wish by Nicholas Sparks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think, gosh, I know exactly what you mean when you say it felt like he knows his formula. He knows what sells. He knows what works. And it almost sounds like he reverse engineered it. He had this plot and this formula and then filled people in. Yeah. I do think I read somewhere that this may have been inspired by 
something in his life. And actually, there's an author's note at the beginning of the audio, which I really liked. And he said this is one of his very favorite books that he's written. And I'm not dinging the whole story. I just think I expected more. Okay. And that's just me as a as a reader. That's about all I have to say on that all one. All right. And that I mean, was The Wish? That was The Wish, yep, by Nicholas Sparks. All right. Well, we can't win them all. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. What? Oh, man. It's time to talk about new releases. All right. So for Book Talk today, we're going to talk a little bit about new releases. And what we mean when we say new releases, for me, it's I'm just realizing this now. At least one of the books, yeah, one of the books I'm bringing literally publishes today. So it's like a very new release as of when this episode will drop on November in November. So I almost group new releases in that could be ARCs, like advanced reader copies, as well as anything that came out within the last, I don't know, I think like six months or so for me is kind of my window. Okay. Well, I went with the whole 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, So anything that's been published in 2021, which usually I I go with the past year in my head because I was thinking, okay, well, if we're talking about new releases in February, something that published in December would still be a new release, technically, right? Exactly. I usually, you know, like I said, I think it's like a six-month window in my mind. Even that feels In your long. mind, it's six months. Yeah, Maybe it's like you. less than that. Maybe it's three. It's three, and then I look ahead. Anything that hasn't published, oh, anything okay. within three months. And I, I am a known anomaly. Like, I think technically, yes, a new release is anything within the past year. Okay. Yes. And that's just how I I work it in my head. And one of my books I'm bringing was published in February. So I I saw that and I was like, oh, good. It's still a new release. (laughs) You would would have thought, no, that's not (laughs) February was a lifetime ago. I don't remember anything about February. I can't tell you what I read back then. We had a different president. I mean, it was a long time. (laughs) No, we didn't. But it was a long time ago. Okay. Well, Okay, so you and I connected mm-hmm. initially long ago over your, we've mentioned this before, over your bio in Instagram, even though we knew about each other in the blogging world and all that. But really, you, in your bio, you had easily distracted by new releases. Mm-hmm. And I saw that and I was like, oh, so am I. Yeah. And we do have a great love of new releases mm-hmm. and why, and so what is our deal? Why do we love them so much? <laughs> I Okay. For me, it's this weird, innate desire to discover something early and then to share it with other people. I mm-hmm. love it. It's my passion. I don't know what... Okay, I could read this book in six months from now and still recommend it. And it's still <laughs> like... That is still valid, but I really, really like the experience when I get to like recommend a book early, like seven days in June, I was early on. Mm-hmm. I was early to Razor Blade Tears. So that just made me, they, for whatever reason, there's something special to like getting a book early and seeing, okay, this is a big one. This is going to be something. But for every seven days in June, there are 100 books <laughs> that probably <laughs> were not worth it. Not not that they weren't worth it, but they were just fine. They were okay. Right. You know, nothing crazy to call. They didn't blow your mind. They didn't blow my mind. Exactly. Um, what about you? Why do you think it is? And I I don't think it's it's that for me, only because 
I end up being so behind on arcs Mm -hmm. and advanced copies. So to me, I'm saying to myself, I shouldn't probably even continue (laughs) to be so excited about advanced copies because I'm not even getting to most of them because I am then distract. And then I get distracted by backlist books. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. But for me, I think what I really, really love about new releases is being able to research what's coming out Mm -hmm. and stay on top of the books and my favorite authors. And then the possibility that I may be able to come across something that's going to be my next like book of the decade or yeah. book of the mm-hmm. year. Yeah, like, so for me, it's a little bit more, I'm I'm looking for that next, like make me stay up until three in the morning mm-hmm. book. Do you think you know? it's a different reading experience if you read something early where there's not a lot of reviews yet versus when something's hyped up? Yes, actually now, now that you just asked me that question, Yes. And I prefer like immediately when I finish something, especially if I love it, I want to talk with people about it. Yeah. And it's very hard to do that if you're one of the few people that read a book that doesn't come out for six months. Mm-hmm. So does that something that you care about or no? Not really. I okay. don't. I'm a only child and I'm, kind of, <laughs> I, you know, I love people. I'm also an extrovert. So I am more like, I don't mind the solitary process of reading, really getting excited about something. I think now we have this podcast. So now I'm just excited to bring it to the listeners because I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is, you know, I feel like you guys are my friends, but I, no, I don't need to read a book with someone to process it. I don't, not to say that I don't like to, but like mm-hmm. even like book club, I'm not, I don't know why. I'm not like a big, oh, I want to share this with somebody. Now, I will, if I've already read it, I will absolutely talk about this book with other people. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm excited about it, I'll say that. But like in terms of like buddy reads, like I, it's just not something I yeah. do hardly ever. Well, not, and I'm not talking about buddy reads. I'm talking about being able to go to Goodreads or go to Instagram mm-hmm. and immediately find other people that, where I could read like right away, mm-hmm. what other people are saying about it. Got it. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, and sometimes on Instagram, if I know who's already read it and has reviewed it and is, then I can get in a conversation with them, mm-hmm. which is really fun. Yeah, that is But fun. I don't know. There's something I really like about being able to see lots and lots of other reviews and people's thoughts on something mm-hmm. that I just finished. Mm-hmm. And I used to not be like that as much. I wanted to read things pretty far in advance. I don't know exactly what has changed with yeah. that. I think occasionally I will look up and I do this primarily with books I'm not sure about. I'll be like, am I enjoying this? Is this, what have other people mm-hmm. said? I rarely do that. I try not to, but sometimes I just have to, cause I'm like, are other people seeing what I'm seeing? Cause like, I, I don't think this book is that good or I'm not <laughs> enjoying whatever it is. I'm like, huh, I wonder if I could glean something from what other people have said to let me know if I should keep going. That's, that's very true. And I do that too. Oh, I know. Do you think that anything that the publishers do, so the excitement that is created, and and they're doing a really good job of this, especially on Instagram with like, with cover reveals Mm -hmm. and bringing about that anticipatory excitement of an upcoming book. So are we being, are we being influenced and swept away by that? 
also? I don't know. I think it could be, you know, I think definitely, I I think it's fun to hear about something early then to get, they do the layered, you know, marketing Mm -hmm. technique, right? Where you drop the book title first and then you drop the cover reveal and then you might see some people get early copies of it. Then you might get like a chapter or excerpt or, you Mm -hmm. know, something like that. And then you, you kind of build that excitement. Absolutely. I love the anticipation and I'm like known for being really excited about a book waiting, 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 waiting until all of a sudden it's like, oh, now a week before pub date. And I'm like, why didn't I read this earlier? (laughs) Like I want to one of, and we'll talk about our reading goals toward the end of the year. But one of mine is to read ahead and not like be okay with reading books that I really, really want to get to as soon Mm -hmm. as I get them. Why am I holding them? For what reason? I, I don't know. Oh, okay. So for example, I have like a February, I have a couple of February releases already in my Kindle from, you know, NetGalley. And I'm like, ah, it's, you know, I'm waiting till next year. And it's like, what? Just read them. You know, why would I do that? Why deny myself the pleasure? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've thought about that too. And you know, I have my eyes on really wanting to read some books that aren't coming out till the spring, but does anyone want to hear me talk about those this early? And that goes through my head Mm -hmm. thinking that, no, you know, I can't really talk about it now. So I'm just going to wait. And then they get pushed off. I don't know. So maybe people would like to hear about some of them now. I don't know. Let us know. Yeah, I, I don't know. But that's kind of what my thought process. But what we're saying too, backlist books could also be the same. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many backlist books mm-hmm. that we could have anticipation for. So how come a lot of that is geared towards just new releases? No, I, I hear what you're saying too. And it's like, for example, out by uh, the one I just recommended, I've had that on my list for literal three years. I think I bought it three or four years ago at this point. It's just been there on my shelf waiting. And it's one of my like now all time, it's in my all time favorites camp. Truly, oh, It was wow. that okay. good. And so I think it is, there's something to be said for waiting to read a book. There's something to be said for, you know, now I like have like a, I think almost, I kind of like this book more because I'm like, oh, I'm so happy you were so good. Like I've saved you and and you lived up to the expectation I've had for so many years in this case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I also think there is a disadvantage to being on top of new releases in that you obviously do miss out on some of the backlist books because you're always trying to read ahead. But then too, you don't get to hear some of these early reviews. So we might spend some time reading books that are not our taste. And we would have known that if we would have seen some other reviews. Oh, you're exactly right about that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. I actually looked quickly through my Goodreads just to see how many of my top books of the year were new release and how many fell into the backlist. And I'm a little bit ahead on new releases, but I have a lot of backlist. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad, I guess, that especially in the last six months, I've made more room for that. So I don't know. Do you think you're going to continue on as is, or do you think you're going to shift your uh, new release no. desire. No. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> I think I'm going to keep reading ahead. I, I can't help it. It's my favorite part about like doing, you know, talking about books on the internet is getting early copies and reading ahead. Like I love it. It's so fun. And I just, yeah. I, and I, I'm, I volunteer as tribute to those that want some early reviews. Like I'm happy to be some on the, you know, front end of reviewing some of these titles. 
Awesome. Okay. But we, you, we, but you're so good at bringing backlist. You're really, really good at finding books that I'm like, oh, how did I miss that? Like I said, I don't know if I am paying more attention to to really taking the time to focus on books that I knew I wanted to read, but then just didn't make it a priority. And especially with the listener recommendations Mm. that have Mm -hmm. come, I think that that has really, really changed my reading. It really has because I I trust a lot of, I mean, I'm willing to give it a try if someone's going to recommend it to me. I think just about most everything has been a winner. Mm -hmm. And these books are backlist for the most part. Yeah. Plus some of them are sitting on my shelf and oh, <laughs> like I know. Hamnet, Hamnet uh-huh. I, I had had for quite a while and it's just sitting there. I know. It's probably going to be in my top 10 this year. That's one you influenced me on. I really want to get to that. Yeah. That one is so good. But like you said, it also then becomes a friend that you're like, oh, I'm so glad you waited. Uh huh. I'm so for glad. Me. I'm so glad you were so. I'm so glad you waited. Thank you for being as good as I hoped you would be. <laughs> uh, yes. So I don't know. Any other thoughts on new? No, ri- we're going to keep going. We're going to keep it up. I I just know that it's something about the way my brain works. Reading new releases is very satisfying. It's it's super mm-hmm. satisfying to me, and, and folks seem to like obviously some early thoughts too. So I'm going to keep right. doing what I do. All right. Well, we're going to keep being distracted. Although I will say I've read more backlist books, I think, this year than ever before. I have to look at my numbers. I'm not 100% sure on that. But I will say alongside with you, books that you have recommended or listeners have recommended to me that aren't brand new, I've, Mm -hmm. I've found I've got some real winners from that too. Right. That's been really fun. Okay. Do you want to get started? Yes. And why don't you start? Because I am really wanting to hear your books. Okay. I can start. And the first one I brought because I wanted it to be a foil to Out because Out was so dark. This one is (laughs) a little bit lighter. It's The Royals Next Door by Karina Halley. And we very rarely, I feel, talk about happy or sweet books on this show. So I thought, yes, let me bring this and tell you about it. Mm -hmm. Piper Evans is an elementary school teacher by day and an anonymous romance book podcaster by night. She lives a quiet life, She works, she reads, she takes care of her mother and avoids her ex. Her mom struggles with mental illness, and they have a pretty fraught relationship. And she still feels like she's an outsider in the tight-knit island community they live in, even though they've been there over five years. What I liked about this is you kind of get dropped right into the action. She is driving home from school from a regular school day when she gets stopped by this large and beautiful man who is in the street (laughs) telling her that she has to turn around. And she lets him know, like, no, I, I live back there. This is my home. And it come, she comes to find out that the British royals are renting the property right next door to hers. The tough guy in the street she met is their brooding bodyguard. He decides that she is a security threat. So he, you know, that's kind of how they ignite their relationship. As you might expect, this is a small community. So a media frenzy takes over the island once they get wind that the couple has now moved there. Piper and the bodyguard end up running into each other on more than one occasion, and she finds out that even though he has this gruff, tough exterior, there's more to him than meets the eye. She has, for her part, sworn off love, but is thinking, maybe I could be swayed by this mysterious man who's living next to me because this can't be a relationship. He works for the royal family. Eventually, they're going to go back to England, so she knows it has to be short term. So she starts to think about what if. 
I thought this was cute, but it had depth, and it's just how I like my romance. It was very pro-romance reading and validated it as a form of literature, which I loved. It was also very pro-mental health because her mother had some specific disorders that the author talks about. And of course, I love that Piper is a book podcaster. She was funny. I enjoyed her as a, she kind of had this wry sense of humor, and I enjoyed her as the protagonist. I personally am also very into the royal family, and I couldn't help but picture Meghan and Harry while reading. And they had a bunch of scenes in the book, which I loved because I'm like, oh, good. I, I thought it was just going to be this nebulous you know, couple next door, but actually you get to meet them. I will say this is a closed door romance. So if you're looking for a lot of heat, you probably won't find it here. But you will get a sweet story about two people who unexpectedly find their way through their relationship with each other. This is The Royals Next Door by Karina Halley. Okay. That, I'm glad you brought that. I've, I've seen it pop up on Instagram, and it's definitely on my radar for when I'm in a, a romance, like you mm-hmm. said, with depth mood. Mm-hmm. It was sweet, and I like the cover, too. It's it's not animated. What's it called? It's a drawn cover, and it's got this girl like with these big sunglasses peeking over the fence. <laughs> it's very cute. I love the British royal next door mm-hmm. sort of. I guess, concept. That's pretty clever. Did you say, is this a debut? Did you say? I did not say because I don't know. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm just curious. All right, good. Well, I am going to move on to one of my most anticipated fall reads. Ooh, okay. Yes, that was The Book of Magic by Alice Hoffman. Tell me about it. Yes. I love, I, I love this story. I love these books. I had just, I believe, read Rules of Magic in, I want to say 2019. And that was my very first Alice Hoffman. And I've since read many of her books, not just like this series, but others. I Mm -hmm. love them. I have not read or watched the movie of Practical Magic. And I think I have thoughts on that. So let me tell you about this first. The Owens family has been cursed in matters of love for over 300 years, but all of that is about to change. The novel begins in a library, the best place for a story to be conjured when beloved aunt Jet Owens hears the Death Watch beetle and knows she has only seven days to live. Jet is not the only one in danger. The curse is already at work. So the curse that was put on the family of don't fall in love. If you fall in love, then you will be cursed. There's something bad will happen. Basically, there ends up being a young man in the story. His life is on the line. And there's three generations of Owens women who are frantically attempting to help him. The younger generation of nieces enters the story And then you've got Franny and Jet, who are the main. So I love Jet and Franny. They are my very favorite. Vincent makes a a return. And this is just kind of a full circle Mm. coming back. So I read these in order of publication. So Rules of Magic, then Magic Lessons, then this. This is actually the sequel to Practical Magic, though. So I'm wondering if I should have read Practical Magic, even though I read the others. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like she did a good job of bringing in the past storylines, but there were times I felt confused. But first and foremost, her writing is magical. Like, it is. I love 
her observations. I just love reading about magic and relationships and love. It's it's very much a book for book lovers and anyone who is just in relationships or family. I mean, it has everything. It really does. And I found myself like thinking, cause I, I alternated print and audio and I, f- I found myself thinking, oh, I want to highlight that. Oh, I want to highlight that. And I have an ebook. So, I mean, I, anyway, most of this I listened to and I loved the audio. What I struggled with was some of the confusing, what felt confusing to me, tangent plot lines. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's, has anything to do with not reading Practical Magic or watching the movie. I'm not sure because I gave five stars. I absolutely love Rules of Magic and Magic Lessons. I never felt confused by that at all. So I'm just not sure what the disconnect was. There was a lot of times in this story that she listed ingredients for things. Do you know Uh, what I mean? Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. And you know that the ingredients for things that the soaps and the potions and the it's they're intricate. After a while, I was like, okay, that's a lot of ingredients. I'm, you know, I, <laughs> I but probably could have done maybe, without all of these ingredients. Maybe I'm, I might be being nitpicky, but I had, and maybe my expectations were too high. Mm-hmm. I still enjoyed it. For all of this book, I enjoyed the story. I will read anything Alice Hoffman writes. It just wasn't my favorite of the series. Mm-hmm. And that was The Book of Magic by Alice Hoffman. Mm-hmm. That's fair enough, though. And you said you've not watched the movie? No. Mm-mm. Did you read the book back when it came out? No, I, I haven't read Practical okay. Magic or watched the movie. So I that's thought why... you said that, but I had to right. clarify. Right. Why? Why have you not read it? Well, I don't know because <laughs> because two years ago when my friend was had been hounding me to read The Rules of Magic because she knows I love mm-hmm. all aspects. I love magic. I love that whole, you know, just element of potential afterlife and blah, blah, blah. Got it. So I finally read Rules of Magic and... So you jumped I, in because your friend jumped, recommended that specific title. Right. Got and it. then that I just sense. went right. And then the next year mm-hmm. I read Magic Lessons. And then I've read, I've went on to read other Alice Hoffman books. But then I just, this came out. I've never went back to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. And from what I had really gathered from people, it wasn't necessary mm-hmm. to read Practical Magic. And I, I don't know, okay. maybe... Not that anybody is saying that now. I really didn't even go check reviews, but I'm just wondering, maybe it was. Got it. Okay. Well, I, I did know. I did read Practical Magic. I just finished The Rules of Magic, which I absolutely adored. Uh-huh. I was lukewarm on Practical Magic. I thought it was fine. Um, okay. But in preparation for The Rules of Magic, I went and watched the movie Practical Magic, which is as campy as... Mm-hmm. witchy as I wanted it to be. It was so perfect for fall and I can see why it's like a cult favorite. So I would recommend maybe watching the movie and seeing mm-hmm. if that does anything for you. I'm not sure. I know. I am. Um, I had heard the movie was better than the book, actually. I've heard that too. And the book, the movie was fun. You know, it was, it was, and it was just fun to see a young Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Like, plus the two aunts were really, really great too. So oh, it's a fun book. okay. Yeah. Well, um, I did. I, I don't want to make it seem like I did not like this book. I really mm-hmm. like this book. And 
And maybe it was a case of my expectations were too high. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I hate when I do that. But I, I had that anticipation. Yeah. I could not wait for this book. Mm-hmm. I, that's fair, so. though. I think it's I'm glad you still shared it. Yes. OK. Well, what is next for you? Well, I guess this is a good transition because this is a book I had pretty high hopes for. And OK, it's We Are Not Like Them by Christine Pride and mm. Joe Piazza. Yes, tell me. All right. So I have super complicated feelings about this book, and I'm very excited to hash them out here with you. It's been getting a ton of buzz. It's a Good Morning America book club pick, and a lot of people have been loving it. I will say the cover is A+, beautiful, Mm -hmm. one of those nebulous color covers. But here's what it's about. We Are Not Like Them is about the friendship bond between two women. One is a black woman and one is a white woman whose friendship is forever altered by a tragic event. Jen and Riley have been friends since they were kids. Jen is a white woman who is newly pregnant, and she is married to a police officer. Riley is on her way to becoming one of the first black female anchors at a news station in Philadelphia. One day, they are out for appetizers and drinks together, and Jen gets a call that her husband has been involved in an officer shooting, and it's of an unarmed black teenager. So Jen flees and kind of goes to see her husband, and Riley being in the media, gets tapped to report on this story. So it's all about their struggle. It's all about their conflicting opinions. I will say, I think it's worth mentioning, I'm very, very close to this topic. My husband is Black, and he's also a police officer. So as you might imagine, this book brought up a lot of stuff for me, and it was very hard to read, specifically in the very beginning when we see what happens to this boy. So one of the authors of this book is black and the other is white. And it seems like they wrote this book as a way to get the reader to explore race in America today through the friendship of these two women. What I liked about this book is that I do think it'll be good at initiating conversation. I see what the authors were trying to do, and I think this will sell a lot of books. And I appreciated that both characters were flawed and that the authors try and get the readers to think through these tough issues from all sides. I also liked the behind the scenes and how the news is made. I love that Riley was a reporter and and kind of enmeshed in building this story and she's reporting on her husband's best friend. I liked it for those reasons. My problem with it was that it was so heavy handed. To me, it read like they had this list of talking points and stereotypes that they wanted to make sure and they got one on every page and went down the list one by one. And I'm talking, of course, you have to bring in some of these stereotypes or these conversations that Black women are faced with, like having to work twice as hard to get half as much, that sort of thing. But there was so many. I'm talking every paragraph, it felt like, had some sort of stereotype. Oh, this person, you know, the the white woman had a mother who was not there for her, and she used a bunch of racial slurs. I also think they used the N-word a couple times, which I never like to see in fiction. I thought it was not necessary. I wanted more from the characters themselves, and it, it didn't feel like a real friendship. They almost felt like caricatures. They were never really talking about race to each other. There was a lot of scenes where most of the scenes, they were not together. And I get that. I get why they couldn't see each other for some of this. But it almost felt like the, they were circling these issues and mentioning them without really ever taking the time to unpack things. 
There was this one beautiful section where a black politician is in a room full of donors at a fundraiser, and she basically lays it all out there and says, "If you're, it's one thing if you want to donate to these causes, but if you really want to move the needle, you have to be willing to give up your privilege and power in order to make this change. I really loved this section. It very much spoke to me. To me, this book almost felt like they didn't trust the reader to think critically about some of the issues they brought up and instead spoon-fed them talking points. I wonder if the authors had tried to take on less if it would have been a more impactful book. I never want to yuck on someone's yum, and I'm so glad that so many people seem to be enjoying it. I just found that it wasn't for me. I would also love to see some reviews from readers of color on this because I'm curious how their experience would be. I think if you have ever found yourself saying you don't see color, or if you've not had race conversations in real life, this could be a good starting point. There's nothing wrong with this book. It just didn't work for me. And this was We Are Not Like Them by Christine Pride and Joe Piazza. Wow. That is a really fair and balanced review and thought process that you shared. Thank you. I have two questions that jumped out quick. Uh Do they ever go into an explanation or do you did you feel like by the end you had any understanding of why they were best friends, mm-hmm. but they didn't talk about race? And one of them were, were one was black and one was white. Mm-hmm. So how did that not yeah. come up in their friendship? You, did you ever feel like that got answered? Or not? I think it was alluded to. I think they uh-huh. tried attempted to answer that. That was one of my big hangups, too, because my best friend is Mexican and Japanese. And I grew up with her. I grew up in her home. They spoke Spanish. You know, I I had my own home, but I spent a lot of time there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, from a very, very young age, it was something we spoke about. And I don't know. I would have loved to have. And again, maybe I'm an anomaly and it's something that I'm very close to. Again, I'm in an interracial Mm -hmm. relationship. We talk about these things. And it it was just like, how are you all best friends? And this hasn't come up. Mm -hmm. But they do address it. Another issue I had was it almost felt like at the end of it, it was like a neat bow. Okay, yep. Mm-hmm. This is the mm. this is the package. This is the ending. The ending left me like, huh, okay. It just, I wanted more, I guess. Okay. That, and I hate to sense. say that. I hate to say that the book is not for me. I do think it'll spark a lot of good conversations. And I would love to hear them. And I want to know what people think because mm-hmm. it raises so many good issues. There were just some some issues I had with it. Okay. Well, thank you. I'm sure that, like you said, that will spark some really good conversations. Do you remember your second question or was that it? Well, you kind of answered it because my my question was, did you feel, because I think you mentioned that the characters felt, I don't know what your exact words were as far as not fully developed. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what words you used. Did you feel that their character arc was useful or complete or did they... I don't know. Was it, there a character arc? There that was. was. There was okay. a character arc. I I don't know if I can say that, especially the white character walked away having learned something. Okay. And it felt like there were some things thrown in to like make us sympathize with the white character. She was six months okay. pregnant. You know, they had fertility issues. She grew up poor. And I appreciate what they were trying to do. But it was also, I felt like it took away from the main issue. The main thing was that there was a shooting of an unarmed black mm-hmm. teenager. That is a real thing that happens far too often. And I felt like all of the other talking points that were thrown in kind of was to the detriment. It was almost like that th- th- this killing was kind of trauma porn in a way. Oh. Where it's really going to get the readers to feel, but... I don't know that we got to the point to where we can really unpack these issues and implicit bias and why these shootings happen and what 
mm-hmm. causes the systemic racism and what that is. Nah, that wasn't in this book. So. Okay, that makes complete sense. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for letting those me are share. Really, yeah. I, those are really insightful thoughts. That and I have. went on a journey with this book. I, it really, at first, I was like, no way. And then I was like, huh, I'm coming around to it. I really did go on a journey. So I don't mm-hmm. trust me when I say it. My thoughts are not something light. I've been thinking and ruminating on this for a while, but hopefully it's helpful to some listeners. Right, right. I think it will be. Okay, my next book is Last Girl Ghosted by Lisa Unger. And this is my first book by her. And also the recommendation from Ryan from the Mysterious Bookshop. Yes. Which was my shelf edition. So I've actually gotten to my shelf edition in a fairly timely manner. Love when that happens. (laughs) I know it doesn't happen usually at all. (laughs) Okay. This one is about If you have forgotten from my shelf edition, secrets, obsession, and vengeance converge in this riveting thriller about an online dating match turned deadly cat and mouse game. You have Ren, who is a successful advice columnist, and she is wealthy, has a gorgeous house, amazing friends. The only thing she's missing is love. So she decides to join Torch, think Tinder, and swipes on Adam. So they meet He stands out because he's not a tan jock flexing his muscles. He is more of a subtly handsome man. And when she meets him, she feels an instant connection. They seem to fall immediately in love, spending all their days and nights together for three months. Until one day, when Ren shows up at a restaurant for dinner, Adam never does. Ren has been ghosted. And she decides she's not going to let him go just like that. She decides to take matters into her own hands to find him. She teams up with a PI, a private investigator, and between the two of them, they are determined to get answers because as she finds out, Adam isn't who he seemed. In fact, there were other women before her who might have dated him and they were never seen again. Throughout the course of her trying to find him, she has to figure out whether she's predator or the prey. Mm. So this was really unique premise. Uh, I've never been on a dating app. I don't have friends who are on dating apps. So I like, I I find the idea of being ghosted fascinating Mm -hmm. because if you're ghosted in today's time of constant connection, then somebody purposely doesn't want to talk to you (laughs) or see you. Three months to be together is a long time. It's not like right. it was one day. Like, I, that's some big Scorpio energy she's got going Right, there. and they did I'd spend a lot too. of time. <laughs> you try to find him, too. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, okay, so I alternated print and audio with this. I was really into this story. I preferred the audio, so I did stay with the audio up until about 60%. And then I, al- I kept alternating because... I found myself speeding it up because it started to feel a little like it was dragging. So Mm -hmm. I thought I would switch to print. But then I think the issue was the shift in perspectives. At one point, there was a let's go back to Ren's past. Sometimes that works. And sometimes it drags the story down. Mm -hmm. And for me, it dragged the story down. I wasn't into her past storyline. Yeah, I I see the point of it once I finished, but I wasn't into it. So I thought that that caused a little bit of an inconsistent pacing. 
And then there were some odd things that happened with the characterization of the char- of each of them and their actions. And it was just strange. And it, it did it just didn't jive based on what we had or what I had already read. So overall, it was a solid psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. The beginning for me was much stronger than the ending. Okay. I would I would have preferred that to have been flip-flopped. But solid. And a lot of people are, are really enjoying this one. So I say, um, if you're in the mood for a psychological thriller with a little bit of a unique premise, give it a try. That was Last Girl Ghosted by Lisa Unger. Okay. So do you think you'll try this author again? Oh, I think so. And she has a, a few books on her backlist. Mm-hmm. She's on, there's several of her books and I'd have to check my Goodreads. But she's been on my radar. There's yeah. no, I don't know why I haven't read her. I just haven't. I don't know why. So I definitely think I will read some of her backlist. Yeah, I have to try her too. Again, same thing. I, she's been on my radar. You know, we both love this psychological thriller mm-hmm. space, but I have never read one of hers. So I'm glad you brought that one. It sounds like it could be in my wheelhouse. So it's kind of a maybe TBR for me. I might try okay. it. I know. I, I'd be curious to see how you think this one played out. Okay. All right. Um, what do you have next? Okay. I have a book. You just mentioned alternating timelines and how sometimes it doesn't work. And I totally get that. And I feel that way too. But happily, in my next book, it does have this alternating timeline, but it was done very well. This one is my favorite of the ones I'm talking about today. And it's All Her Little Secrets by Wanda Morris. So you have Elise Littlejohn, and she seemingly has it all an Ivy League law degree, a well-paying job as a corporate attorney, a well-paying job as a corporate attorney in Midtown Atlanta, great friends, and a for-fun relationship with a rich, charming executive who just happens to be her married white boss. Oh. (laughs) But everything changes one cold January morning when Elise arrives in the executive suite and finds him dead with a gunshot wound to his head. And she decides to walk away like nothing has happened. Why does she do this? Well, she has been keeping her own dark secrets, including a small town past and a brother who spent time on the other side of the law. She definitely has no interest in getting involved in her dead boss's investigation, no matter how bad she feels about making that decision. Then things start to get weird at the office. Instead of grieving this tragedy, people are gossiping and the police are suspicious. And Elise is promoted to replace the dead man who was her boyfriend and nobody knows about it. She is the only black attorney in the building and has very complicated feelings about this promotion. On the one hand, the opportunity is a dream come true. On the other, she feels a bit corrupt taking this huge paycheck from a company that rarely hires people of color. In the beginning of the book, there's people like picketing outside of this law firm because they're saying, hey, there's nobody of color in this entire building except for those that are cleaning offices. What the hell's going on here? Oh. So she's like, something is off. She feels it, but she's also a fighter. And she's not willing to give up this promotion that she's worked so hard for and kind of wants to feel it out. But still, she can't shake the feeling that something is off, both about Michael's death and the company itself. And as it turns out, she is right. This book was fantastic. I absolutely loved it. I thought the writing was excellent. And here's the part that I enjoyed. I really got invested in Elise. So the story is told in three parts with short flashbacks of her past woven in. But 
keyword there, short. They are a couple pages in between this longer narrative. So you get to know her backstory. You get to see who she is as a person and kind of why she thinks the way she does now, but you did not get taken out of the action. So I really liked that. This is also a great workplace book, which you know I love. Mm-hmm. They are in elevators. They're running around cubicles. Like, it's very entertaining in that way. It also tackles the issues of race organically in a very realistic way. And I loved it. It honestly reminded me of an updated John Grisham story mixed in with a little bit of The Other Black Girl by Zakia Dahlia Harris. I highly, highly recommend this. And this one comes out today, actually, when this episode drops, November 2nd. This is All Her Little Secrets by Wanda Morris. Okay. I'm so excited for that one. That is definitely on my TBR. You got to it first, which has been happening, and we're going to need to talk about that. <laughs> I know. It's because we're we we have we're on the same wavelength, and so there's like- We, oh, we are. We've got the same books in that universe, you know, and we kind of end yes. up overlapping. I know. Well, we are, when we get distracted by the new releases, they tend to be mm-hmm. the same new releases we each mm-hmm. want to read. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I am going to bring what has been my very favorite book in a long time, and it's called A Town Called Solace Mm -hmm. by Mary Lawson. It was recommended to me by Anne, who's on Instagram at Anne Ostex. I will link to that. And she is a listener who sent me a DM and said, I think you would like this book based on what you like, the elements you like in a story. I also like those. And I'm I'm going to put myself out there and recommend this book to you, which I love. And I looked it up. It was nominated this year for, it was long listed for the Booker Prize, which is a literary prize awarded each year for best novel written in English and published in the United Kingdom or Ireland. I don't follow a lot of the award books. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're hit or miss for me. So this one, I had not even heard of it, and I loved it so much. It opens on a family in crisis. 16-year-old Rose is missing. Angry and rebellious, she had a fight with her mom, stormed out of the house, and simply disappeared. Left behind is her seven-year-old sister, Clara, and she loves Rose. She is so upset by the fact that Rose is gone, she's bewildered. She's distraught. She stands at the window after school and doesn't want to leave because she's waiting for her sister to come home. Her sole comfort is Moses, the cat next door, whom she's looking after for his elderly owner, Mrs. Orchard, who went into the hospital weeks ago and has still not returned. Then you've got Liam Kane. He's mid-30s, newly divorced, newly unemployed, and newly arrived in this small northern town, and he moves into Mrs. Orchard's house, where, in Clara's view, he does not belong. Within a matter of hours, he receives a visit from the police, and he is suspected of a crime. So you have three perspectives here, because also you have Mrs. Orchard, whose name is Elizabeth. She's in the hospital. And she tells us her story, and she's thinking about a crime, one committed 30 years previously, that had tragic consequences for two families. She desperately wants to make amends before she runs out of time. So all three perspectives, 
I just got done saying sometimes alternating. I know I said alternating timelines. These are alternating perspectives. And they worked brilliantly for me. Sometimes you would have each of them giving their perspective on the same situation. And I really like that in my stories. Mm -hmm. So what you have here is a little bit of mystery. There is a little bit of suspense. And there is a lot of characters that I just loved. Within the first few pages of starting this book, I was hooked on the characters. Mm. And I told Anne, I have no idea how the author did that. You know how you can read a whole book and say, I didn't connect to any characters. Mm -hmm. And within a few pages of this, I needed to know the entire story about all three of them. Especially, yeah, especially Clara. And I typically say, I'm not crazy about books from kids' perspectives. I loved her. I mean, I have a soft spot for cats, and she Mm -hmm. did love that cat, which, but I just, I really liked the way the author connected the different perspectives and the different stories. And it's a small town setting. And then there's Rose, because I was always thinking, well, what happened to Rose? Because she vanished. So I thought that all in all, this was a bittersweet story. Everything worked. Not everyone lives and not everything wraps up in a nice and tidy bow. And I loved it for those reasons. Mm -hmm. If you like character-driven stories with excellent writing and a side of mystery, this could be for you. And it's rare that I say, I wish a book was longer. But when I turned the last page, I missed these characters. I would have happily read. And I I think I'm just, I want to highlight phrases and passages. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was A Town Called Solace by Mary Lawson. I've never heard of this book. I know. Well, I I hadn't either. And yet, somehow you've managed to sell me. So thank you for that. Yes. I, and you know, it's not that long. I think you could squeeze it in. I think you could read that. And yep, I think you could. Today I was having the worst decision paralysis. I had just finished a really good book and I'm sitting here like trying this one, trying that one. And and now we're at the time of year, it's kind of getting toward the end of October, early November. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't have very many 2021 arcs to read anymore. I feel like I have too many, too much freedom. Like, I'm like, what oh. should I read? Like, so it was this really <laughs> strange time where none of my library holds were in. Like, I, I was just like, wait, what am I, what am I reading now? What's going on? So, oh my, well, this could be a potential that I could add to this my This could definitely be list. a potential. All right. And it's very good on audio too. So. Oh, good to know. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> My shelf edition this week is How Do I Unremember This? Unfortunately True Stories by Danny Pellegrino. Danny is a comedian, writer, and host of the podcast Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino. He has co-written a few books, but this is his first book that he's written. And full disclosure, I met Danny once at my good friend's wedding, and because I love his podcast, I basically forced him to hang out with me for the rest (laughs) of the night. So... Danny grew up as a closeted gay kid in a small town in Ohio. He is sharing some of the most embarrassing things that had ever happened to him, like when the high school cheer squad taunted him in front of the entire town. 
coming of age in the 90s still meant something magical to him, and he really connected with the music, film, and celebrity moments of his youth. Hello, same here. He and I are the same Mm -hmm. age, so I definitely get where he's coming from. And this is actually where his love of all things pop culture was born. And through all the pains of growing up, Danny looked to that world for hope, whether that meant binging the nanny until he had the confidence of Fran Fine or belting out Brandy songs until his heart aches were healed. This one comes out next year on March 8th in 2022. I can't wait to read it. It sounds like a lot of fun, coming of age, memoir, and funny stories. This is How Do I Unremember This? Unfortunately True Stories by Danny Pellegrino. Yes, I definitely want to read that too. And we love our pop culture. Exactly, which is what got me. I'm like, all right, so sign me up. Yep. Okay, my shelf edition is called Cherish Farah by Bethany Morrow. It comes out February 8th, 2022. And this is about 17-year-old Farah Turner. She is one of two Black girls in her country club community and the only one with Black parents. Her best friend, Cherish Whitman, adopted by a wealthy white family, is something Farah likes to call WGS, white girl spoiled. With Brianne and Jerry Whitman as parents, Cherish is given the kind of adoration and coddling that even upper-class Black parents can't seem to afford, and it creates a dissonance in her best friend that Farah can exploit. When her own family is unexpectedly confronted with foreclosure, the calculating Farah is determined to reassert the control she's convinced she's always had over her life by staying with Cherish, the only person she loves, except when she hates her. <laughs> A troubled Farah manipulates her way further into the Whitman family, but the longer she stays, the more her own parents suggest that something is wrong in the Whitman house. She might trust them. If they didn't think something was wrong with Farah, too. Mm. As strange things start happening at the Whitman household, Farah thinks it's nothing she can't handle. But soon everything begins to unravel when the Whitmans invite Farah closer, and it's anyone's guess who is really in control. This is billed as chilling, unforgettable, and weaving in searing commentary on race and class. And it's also categorized as a slow burn social horror. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. It's Cherish Farah by Bethany Morrow. Yeah, that one sounds really good. I like a slow burn social horror. Okay. I feel I like know. I need some of those. That is not something I read very often. <laughs> right. So it, it really stood out. It sounds really interesting. Yes, it does. Yeah. Okay. That's it for today. We thank you for spending a part of your day with us. Links to all the books mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can help us by following us wherever you listen to your podcast and by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get our podcast out to new listeners and grows our audience. Feedback and questions about the show can be sent to booktalketc at gmail.com. You can also connect with us both at booktalketc on Instagram, Tina at TBR, etc., and me, Renee, at It's Book Talk. Talk to you next week. In the meantime, remember, everything's better with books. I can't wait to tell you. I got some good ones. All right. Well, I'm glad. I know. One of I mean, I would have just needs to hold this together. <laughs> All right.